And on that bombshell, <laughs> welcome back to another <laughs> episode of Controllers and Couches. As you listen to the dolce tones of our teapot <laughs> sucking in the oxygen. Of <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm glad everyone enjoyed that as much as we did because that's some serious <laughs> THX. And I apologise <laughs> to that person with the you know, the 7.2 Dolby um, In headset. our defence, I do say headphone users beware in the first time of yeah, every single episode. And you know, it's not so much as a disclaimer for loud noises. It's just that I like to make random banging noises and talk shit really, really loud. So Do yeah. we all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 65. 65 of Controllers and Couches. He is... The Armrest, <laughs> Full Metal Chicken. And I'm Steph... And together, we form a couch. Lovely. Or a, some kind of dining set. Hi. Imagine that. Like, you know, welcome to uh, TVs and toasters. It doesn't TVs have the same. and toasters. No, it doesn't have the same. No, it doesn't. It's a bit crummy. How are you doing? Uh, Besides very sleep deprived. Oh, uh, it's... I don't know what it is. Where I've tried to cut back on the caffeine intake, or it's just... Burnout. It's it's really burnout. Can I just say, looking at you, I think you're beyond. I'm not saying this in a rude, disrespectful way. I'm just saying I I think you're we're past the point of a burnout. I could say. Yeah, pretty much that's it. So, um, yeah. Apart from that, I have literally six days to finish Modern Warfare, and I'm so close. I've got. Yeah, totally so close. I literally have. I'm taking that teaspoon away from you now. Nine. Nine left on the season pass, and I have ten levels of the battle pass. So I'm literally like right there. I reckon for me, I instead of even obviously they're taking away shipment now. I could literally go through and play like two, two, three hours of plunder, and I'll I'll get it. Literally whack on the like a one or two, you know. I would have gotten it for you the other night when you asked me to, but they took shipment off, and it was just just shit. So I think maybe during the week. Uh, when Rob's on, we'll play some plunder um, before it changes with the Cold War upgrade. Um, because I found we've been leveling up faster doing that. Yeah, just make sure you use all of those double XP tokens yeah. you have. So uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, but um, also too, I've found lately this is like welcome to the welcome to actually we've we've created a new segment. It's only taken sixty five episodes, but we've got a now we've now got a new segment. In case people are wondering. It's called What Grinds My um, Chicken Hutch. Um, <laughs> okay. So, What Grinds My Chicken Hutch. Or, no, actually, What Grinds My Kibbles. There we go. What Grinds My Kibbles. Um, dumb people. I'm surrounded by a plethora of dumb people. <laughs> Me? Um, not you. Um, <laughs> just watching people interact with society lately is like watching retarded field mouse. You know, or the mice. Field mice. Um, go on a bender on a farm, you know. There's always that one mouse that wants to hijack a tractor, but has clearly no clue on how to drive a tractor. So instead, they just burn the barn down. But Fair enough. I can't say I've ever experienced that myself. It's but... like, but seeing people just go around and do things, the way they do things, like seeing someone smash a trolley into a car just because the car happened to be near theirs just makes me go what also high amounts of theft um clearly if someone needs to steal there's an issue but go ahead wreck someone else's day um what else 
cornflakes. Cornflakes <laughs> were originally um, designed. The, the cornflake was essentially... Well, there's an actual history. I think we might save this one for the actual podcast because it's actually quite funny right, just, but absurd. Just Anyways, mention it. Mention it, yeah. So cornflakes were created because um, all these other foods, like that we, the other foods apart from cornflakes that we eat, give people the tendency to think of, you know, un, you know, unsatisfactory, unsavory things. So apparently, I have no idea what you're talking about. Cornflakes were supposed with... to be made bland, so people were very. Pious, no, you know, cornflakes were made before all the sugary. Yeah. So I, I think you just disproved your own theory. Uh, oh, well. So it was uh, weak because he was supposed to be very pious, given that they're owned by Centurion, is owned by. And Wheat Bix and. Wheat Bix is a brand flakes. of sanitarium. Yeah. The, and, you know, when people think of sanitariums, it's where people go for, like, mental institutions yes. and shit. So, you need the cornflakes to make your <laughs> mind in the wrong mindset. Yeah. You unlocked a cool memory for me uh, when you were talking about people ramming trolleys into people. Uh, um, once upon a time, not, long, not too long ago, my mum and I were shopping at Bunnings and it was just the two of us. And... I was obviously going to climb in the front passenger seat and I look up to the car, except it's not my mother trying to unlock the door. It was another woman in the Bunnings car park that had the same make and model Jeez. car as my mother's. And then my mother's just looking at her. And I'm looking at this lady because I thought I was about to be traffic. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Your number plate is not my number plate. And then I'm like, mom, we need to go. Also, I was I was in a well, well, you know, I was in a bookshop the other day, and I was thinking. Well, what's that like? I haven't been in a while. Well, people who promote audiobooks and make audiobooks. There's like a conspiracy authors, with audiobooks. Would they be spineless? No, because there's a spine in the case of. If you go to QBD, the audiobooks you buy from there are not. Um, like audiobooks. They're not digital yet. So you buy them on a, on a disc and you have to put that in your computer or if it comes in a USB or something like that, right? But it's $30 minimum to buy one audiobook. And then if you're lucky, they have deals where it's two for 50 <laughs> right? I don't do that because Audible, for the low, low price of fourteen ninety five a month if you're a student, you can, or it's like 16 bucks if you're not. Uh, you can get an audiobook, you get two audiobooks a month because one you pay for and you get the credit, the token that you can use on any book. And then every month they also have a free book up for grabs. Oh, and just a disclaimer, we're not actually being sponsored by Audible. <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> we're sponsored by... I sponsor them. <laughs> we're sponsored by Thin Air and Dust Bunnies. You know, <laughs> literally, fluff. So, <laughs> any sponsors out there want to listen to me <laughs> complain about fluff, do it. Do it. So what's new in your life? Um, Besides crippling stress. Crippling stress. No, I think it's just with my schedule at the moment. It was like, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of shit that I got to do, and it's like I just want to finish a damn game. I can't even finish a damn game, dude. Um, and you know, Cold editing. War is out, right? You should spend more time on Cold War. Than I know. Modern Warfare's over. Modern Warfare's fucking dead. I know, but I gotta finish it. I need, no, I you, need to finish that season. You're too late. Pass. You're too late. Never too late. I've still got well six days. 
Mate, I played more of your battle pass and your ribbons. I know. Than you did I this know. whole season when I played for three hours on I my camp the other day. I know. It's time to cut nah, loose. Nah, it's time to pull nah, the ripcord. No, nah, I ain't doing it. Got to finish it. Got it. We still play Warzone. We still got to play Warzone. So. But apart from that, yeah. Also, I made cheese on toast for like the first time in like three months. Wow. How do you feel? Like I had cheese on toast. Again, that's not very peasant descriptive. food. Mm, peasant food. Yesterday, ooh, yesterday was exciting. I <laughs> ate baked beans out of a can, and I combined it with Spagosaurus. I'm a real hardcore motherfucker. I, I even put like cheese in it. Wow, could you imagine? Ooh, ooh, and then just to round it all off with, as I say in, in London, uh, my grits. Um, I I made a cup of tea. Wow. Um, I've got some really explosive kitchen ideas. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, People are like, wow, he's boring. It's like, yeah, you know, I have stooped to that level. Good work. I mean, at least I heated it up. I could have just eaten it straight out of the can. I'm surprised you didn't with your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they did in Jurassic World 3. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. Oh, three, this rather. is lovely. Oh, yum, 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 yum. Anyway. Um, you had a few brownouts last night. Oh, did we ever? And it wasn't because of burritos. <laughs> no, it was because of the very strong wind. And then the power went on and off. Like it was just a weird day. Your Xbox in the TV room had switched on by itself literally twice. I unplugged it from the power board. It freaked the cats out as much as it did me. <laughs> and there was no one in the living room to turn it on. <laughs> And then um, the brownouts happened, and then Valky found a 50 cent coin sized whitetail, and she was charging it. And then I've gone, and I stood up, had a look, and then she was like trying to start baiting it and fighting it. And I was like, no, Valky, no! And then she was like, I must finish the assault, you know, she must continue harassing it. And then I had to yell at her a little louder because I didn't want her to get hurt. And then she spent, after I killed it, um, she spent like 10 minutes getting shitty at me because I, A, yelled at her and B, wouldn't let her play with her toy. Yeah. And see, here's the thing about Whitetail. This is the misconception to some people. I mean, we already know what's where this is going. But um, some people have adverse reaction to Whitetail um, bites. Um, track marks are a bitch. And I say this because I've been bitten by white tiles before and they fucking hurt um it feels like someone's got like a stapler yes but you're a human smashed into your you're leg you're a human you can deal with that she is a tenth of your yeah. size cats she small would animals die. would die and the the thing that people i suppose relate white tail spiders to is um necrotic necrosis of a, a wound site and then you know amputation shit it doesn't happen Okay. That's redbacks. That's like redbacks can literally stop your heart and all this sort of shit and really fuck you up. But it's to do with the bacteria in the actual um, yeah. uh, the, the, the fangs. P- pincers, whatever yeah. they're called. Pincers. Oh, these are my pincers. Um, so also every habitat where a spider lives has different, you know, bacterial flora. So, you know, that's just one of those things. But, you know, the joys of uh, the... Uh, Arachnids, you know, they uh, are a little bit shit at times. However, I like Daddy Longlegs. Uh, well, this much. one was a massive female. 
because you could tell like she had the massive um, yeah not abdomen what do they call the 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 sphere thing and see the thing is these okay. bastards like grow up to like two centimeters and you know leg span goes out to like three centimeters so they're fucking huge and you can tell they've got this little white spot no but he wasn't the one that has was they had the bulbous body what do yeah. they call it the abdomen bullshit yeah um it wasn't the little skinny long ones it was the female yeah the big bastards so i was not taking any chances yeah. so but also too if you look up whitetail you will also get deer as well whitetail deer that's why you type in whitetail spider yeah but the deer i mean oh dear <sighs> oh dear all right Antlia, deer um did you want to talk about that article you sent me today this week that you wanted to talk about um, the big ass fucking murder hornet nests. Now, in case anyone's wondering, murder hornets are shit. Like, just in general. Um, what happened? There's a person who likes letting hornets in the house saying, let's rescue them and return them to the outside world. Yeah. Um, so essentially, this happened, um, in a tree in Washington State, which was close to the Canadian border. And what they found... What they motherfucking found was 200 queens in a single murder hornet nest. Now, here's the problem. People go, oh, cool, we found a, a murder hornet nest. Yay. Murder, murder hornets are an invasive species. So you've got they, to kill them. you got to kill them. They destroy everything. They kill bees, like... Tenfold. Because they're the ones that have come from Asia, right? Yeah. And, and they're just... just over everything. And see, the problem is... How can so many queens live in one colony? Well, the problem is most of them were virgin queens. Oh, so, so they're, they, they're, they're all, babies. They're, they're just imminent matriarchs waiting to just, you know, bugger off, emerge, mate, and colonize. So, so make their own nests. Yeah. So, so you think about it. you got 200 murder hoarder nests running around the place. All the murder hoarders coming out. Once it spreads, it's That's gone. It. You need to get onto this shit quick. So essentially, the U.S. authorities destroyed a nest with two hundred murder, uh, murder hornet queens, and essentially, yeah, it's do scary. Do we have murder hornets? We don't, do we? And well, the, apparently, the federal authorities are actually striving to prevent the Asian. Oh, giant we have the hornet. European. Ones yeah, we got the European. Here. They got the the Asian giant hornet um, from establishing itself in North America, and you know, essentially, what they did here. Was they had to cut the tree open. Yeah. They found the nest and it measured. So what do they do? Smoke it first and then cut uh, it out because they got to count every yeah. single one, don't they? They do because it's quarantine. Yeah. So essentially, they cut it open and they they smoke it. And this nest was apparently thirty five centimeters long and twenty three centimeters wide, or in American terms, fourteen by nine inches. Um, so it is just fucking huge. And essentially, those kind of nests have enough of an army and to just wipe most bee colonies out, out in the area completely. and they can literally spawn significant amounts of hornet populations to invade and colonize and it's fucking scary um they also found too on top of the 200 queens 112 workers nine drones 190 larvae and six unhatched eggs so all up about 500 hornets were found in this nest and they could have literally all been capable Definitely, of creating Especially nests. Washington, because... Oh, poor Canada. Yeah. So... 
It was all based on sightings, and they'd actually been hunting it down since 2019. So they'd just seen the hornets flying around. They'd be trying to try and check the tree. And they literally found this tree. So was um, it rangers that had to do it? I wonder. Um, I think it would be like Department of Oh yeah, ecology or whatever they call it, fish. Uh, Game fish and wildlife or something. Uh, WSDA, uh, Washington State Department of Agriculture. So they vacuumed them out. Fuck. So that job would have sucked. Um, but essentially... It's done. It's handled. Yeah. So essentially this particular hornet, its primary focus it's is... to fuck up honeybees. Just slaughter, absolutely decimate local honeybee populations. And that's where the murder nickname comes from because essentially it's not usually... Aggressive towards humans. I was thinking, because you know how we've got that corner of the backyard that's kind of behind the bottle brush? Yeah. I was thinking of getting a, a, a beehive thing, not because I wanted to farm honey, but just to give them some space to live between, yeah, you know? Yeah, good idea. And then I'm like, but you are also deathly allergic, so I don't want to encourage mm. that. Like, you just pollinate, do what you've got to do, but it is what it is. Yeah, so um, it'd be interesting to see if you need a, a permit for it, but there's, um, like, the large misconception is people think, you know, oh, yeah, countryside beekeeping, all that sort of stuff. No, you could literally set My, up a beehive My, like, in paternal grandparents had, their next-door neighbours had, like, three beehives. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You're right. You need to have register as a beekeeper and have registered and like government license permits, approvals, yeah. registrations. So that's something. Because what happens too is you've got um, endangered species, that endangered species of bees. But also, what happens is the bees. Say, for instance, if we were to put a, a beehive in the backyard, they would be sourcing um, pollen from the neighbouring area. The neighbouring area. So what can happen is, say, for instance. We set up a beehive, but we're not registered. Something happens with our colony. Oh, I would never do that. Anyway, no, no, you'd go it's to just prison. how they track you'd it. You'd go to prison. But in America, what happens is you can just put up a fucking box. Put up a box, and that's and it. And they get once do. they lend them out, they actually lend the the boxes out to people to colonize, like colony orchards, orchids, yeah. orchards. Like walnut trees and all this sort of and stuff. And pears and apple trees yeah. and stuff. And what happens is some people want to take. Um, control over the so they the kill region. them so they they just spray them and kill the bees and they fuck everything up or they steal them and it's these people are just stupid because essentially you don't want a drop in bee numbers because once the bee number drops to a point which is unsustainable you lose bread you, you lose, you lose beer, a lot yeah you lose fucking nearly most foodstuffs so it's not a good thing to to lose, uh, but people don't really give a shit. So, yeah, bees, I mean, at the end of the day... When they're charging at you, it's pretty fucking scary, yeah, but I'll agree. I will literally go out of my way to avoid bees. If I see a bee that is struggling, I will give it some honey um, on a spoon and let it go on its merry way. I will not kill a bee. Wasps? Um, you, you even wanted to say wa- a wasp. Wasp, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think like, wa- just that shit out of life. I think wasps... Burn the house to like the, the ground. Paper wasps. We get a lot of paper wasps. But I think paper wasps and stuff, like wasps, more of a case of smashing to the but ground. But still, wasps are still there to fuck bees up. Yeah. So obviously, it's like sharks keeping... You've, you've got an ecosystem. Yeah, I hear you. You just stay Alrighty, we've got to keep moving, bud. We, we can't just talk about wasps for another 40 <sighs> minutes. I'm just wasping on. 
Um, I found this article from All That's Interesting saying that the remains of... You love honey badgers, right? Yeah. So the remains of a fierce prehistoric honey badger relative were uncovered in South Africa. Mm, honey badgers. Honey badgers are very docile creatures. <laughs> um, when they're not fucking shit up. You know they're in the Guinness World Record book for the most like brave and courageous animal? Yeah, no fear. Little no fear. And um, the, most one, the most common one that we know... Is uh, the Melivorini, um, Melivora capensis, yes. um, which is the modern honey badger. The, um, yeah. the ancient one looks more like a cat or a wolf. Yeah. It looks very much like a Tasmanian tiger. True. I do see that. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, funny fact, they, they're all carnivorous and they uh, fall in the family of weasels, badgers, otters and ferrets. So I have a question. When honey badgers feel, like, do they, they don't feel threatened, do they? Do they just want to fuck shit up? They just want to fuck shit up. Like, so, for instance, if they've got their nest and burrow and... Something charges it. Something charges it. They will literally go out guns blazing. It's like me on shipment. So they're obviously not immortal, no. but how do they take down half what they can take down? Uh, it's more a case of... The other animal gets scared because yeah, their normal the, tactics the, don't work. The biggest things are like, uh, something's wrong with this thing. It's not backing down. It's going mental. And like that's the thing. When you see the, the video footage of one honey badger taking on five bears and the bears are like fucking biting it, kicking it, scratching it. But does it live after yeah, this Yeah, the honey attack? badger lives. So technically the honey badger wins because... It, it won and the others backed away. The, the bears just went, you know... It's listed as the least concern on the U I U C N list. It's it, it you know. Oh look, predation. Don't mind me. I'm gonna build a burrow. What's this? Uh, come back here, smash me with my whiny glass. Bang. You know, they get real temperamental. <laughs> See, I'd get a honey badger and call it Churchill. Uh, I don't think you should. Why not? Why aren't I allowed to have a honey badger? Did you know that they're also known as the Rattel? Really? Yeah. Things you know. The more you know. So, yeah. Do we... We don't even have that in Australia, do no. we? No. Didn't think so. I, I thought it was just like a Africa animal. Like Funny fact, though. Did you know that honey badgers um, have been known to chase down young lions off kills? Yeah, actually, I did. Recorded killing buffalo. Why not, dude? Wildebeest. And waterbuck. Uh, crocs? Do they take down crocs? I don't know. Um, so essentially, <laughs> it's more the fact that it's just immune to a lot of poison and shit. They eat scorpions. They eat snakes. They just like... you got to do what you got to do, fam. They just... And people say... So are they so upset because they're hungry all the time? think so maybe but you, you and people go hufflepuff oh they've got a honey badger oh yeah oh it's a lemon uh, no just honey badgers are little fucking crazy motherfuckers and i say that because you know they're not oh, i mean obviously their population will decrease over time the honey badger ar was really good in um ghosts yeah yeah it was but uh, here's the other thing too, is you've got the honey badger, but then you've got the European badger. Now, everyone knows, you know, sort of, what are the European badger? They're big, friendly things there. Ho-ho! Hello, I'm the Eurasian badger. Ho-ho! Hello, toad! 
<laughs> Let's go for a wander through the wind in the willows. Oh. I mean, all Africa ones are like... Uh, fucking... Come here, man. Come on, let's get this UFC smackdown going. Connor McCoon. 1v1 me, bro. Who the fuck is that? Connor? What? 1v. 1v1 me, bro. 1v1 me, bro. Rust. It's not bust, just only. I'll bust your family. Come on, cuz. You know, honey badgers. Yeah, gangsters of the South, you know. <laughs> Talking about gangsters of the uh. South. Uh, the Melbourne mayor said that there's not going to be any New Year fireworks this year because she doesn't want people to congregate um, given the pandemic. So what they're going to do is block off traffic in the city and let people like restaurants and outdoor dining areas have like massive cook-offs. So it's going to be a big dining experience. Yay, that's going to be fun. Yeah, so it's going to include little Burke Street, Flinders Lane. Um, and you have to pre-book... You can only pre-book to get in um, with tickets going on sale on the 23rd of November. Yeah. Um, talking about, you know, funny results too. Um, this happened back in 2008. Um, a Pennsylvania lady um, mistook a, a skunk for a cat and got sprayed. <laughs> in the face. So, um, and not only did, you know, she get sprayed, but the skunk followed her into her house and then proceeded to spray everything around the house. <laughs> so, um, apparently police were called, um, to a woman screaming. and they were unsure on how to remove the animal. So, um, poor woman, poor yeah. house, poor skunk, poor skunk. How much, like, what do they release again? They have a special gland for it, right? Yeah. Um, What's their production rate? Their... <sighs> Let's see. Um, their spray, like. Oh, it's their anal scent glands. There you go. Sulfur-containing chemicals. And they can spray it up to five meters or yeah. fifteen feet. Um, I wonder what this spray production rate is. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it doesn't tell me, but as a human, you can smell it five point six kilometers or three point five, <laughs> three point five miles downwind. Imagine that in your house. And then people um, get them as pets. <laughs> I'm guessing they would ask for their glands to be removed. There. Yeah, they're so cute. They're though. so cute, but apparently they, you know, they, they taste stink. like burnt tires. Why would you want to eat that thing anyway? <laughs> but the point at which you're gonna eat like a skunk, you've got you got issues. <sighs> oh my god. They're so cute. Oh, they're cute and fluffy. You know Aww. the funniest animal I find? The wombat. Because they poop out cubes. What? Yeah, wombats poop out cubes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, they just... You know, squares. They poop squares. They poop squares. You, you, I'm not joking. I need to look at images of this. Yeah. I can't... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> they look like little dice. Little dice. dice. Yeah. They look like stones. 
Yeah, they can produce up to 100 cube-shaped poops a night. That's good innings. Well, you know, it's not like they're trying to build a house or anything, but, you know. should tell Daenerys. She'd love a wombat. So, yeah, what they reckon is that the the wombats... The, the wombats poop out cubes so they can build like little markers to mark territory. Are you shitting me? That's what they're postulating. That they actually. Wow. But it's it's a misconception. Um, I'm sorry. So I they, had the doors open today, and I think I've got pollen sickness. They just poop where they poop, essentially. But it's just the fact you that poop you, know, you got to poop, dude. That's it. If you got to squat it and drop it, you do what you got to do. Yeah, they're just busting out Lego. <laughs> ah, there's a six block. Whoop, there's a Technic gear. Uh, there's know. a Millennium I Falcon. I don't know what to tell you, pal. You do what you've got to do. I say Lego is overpriced anyway. Yeah. So essentially it's just their intestines sculpting poop. Why not? For, uh, Why not? Margaret, Marjorie. <laughs> uh, the reins are here. The reins are here, but I can't move. Why? I've got to poop out 12 dominoes. Beautiful. <laughs> and a brick. Why not? Yeah, there you go. All right, anything else you want to cover before we jump into today? No, I think I pretty much covered that everything. Yep. yep. Between wombat poop, wasps, and skunk, skunk spray. Jeez. I think we got it all. Right there. You know, it's it's hardcore today. And that's why we upload our episodes in the afternoon, not the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't get turned off your breakfast. True. Okay, um, we're diving into a more serious case today, so we're putting our bullshit aside. Um, as always, we are not trying to minimise the pain or loss that follows the events that we're going to be discussing today. If you have any information regarding criminal activity, or if you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please contact Crime Stoppers. Um, there's going to be a trigger warning for today's episode because we're unfortunately going to have to discuss the death of a minor. We're going to provide all links and um, necessary numbers. Well, I think we're just doing links this week in our description. So um, please feel free to access those. Today we're going to be talking about the heartbreaking case of Janelle Janelle Matthews. Um, This one is... It's really freaking tough because it it actually just more recently um, came into the limelight because someone was finally... Like, the case was finally on its way to being put to justice, but because of COVID, it's been delayed a little bit. But we're going to get into that. Um, So, it originally was a cold case, and you might have heard a little bit about it. Again, it's been in the press more recently. Um, But cold cases are very taxing, especially on the family themselves, because you feel like you... They report, you know, they say, we just feel like we're never going to get any answers. Sometimes they don't even find their family members' remains, so they have no idea... You know, if the person is missing, if the person has been kidnapped, if the person was murdered. Um, so there's no closure at all and they just have no idea. And then I was wanted to look at, even though this isn't an Australian case, I just wanted to kind of familiarise myself with Australian statistics, I should say, before we get into the American ones. And um, I was looking at the South Australian Crime Stoppers page and they reported that over the last 10 years, about 10... Um, 10% remain of cold cases remain unsolved each year, despite clearances of 100% in some years. And the small number that remain unsolved annually build up over time, and there are now over 113 cases in South Australia that remain unsolved, dating back to the 1950s. You're talking 70 years 
worth of cases when no one knows what's happened. And then I was reading a separate article while doing research for this, and it was written by the US National Institute of Justice. And they said that despite the increasing number of cold case units and the expenditure of significant resources to fund them, they know virtually nothing about the return on this investment. Jeez. So um, what they were trying to reason is that sometimes, like a lot of cold cases go unsolved and they put in hundreds of man hours, sometimes thousands, to pour through um, you know, things like footage, things like evidence and to go through logs and to reopen cases. And if a new officer is assigned to the case, they have to go through it and read it and familiarise themselves with it. And unfortunately, it shouldn't have to be reason that it costs time and money, but they're all government, technically government employees and civil servants need to be paid a wage. And if they're not doing, uh, if they're not performing up to the, precinct standard of how many cases have to be solved and busting people for crime and things unfortunately they say see it as a waste of resources and time and money because things aren't getting solved um which as i said is a completely shit way to look at it but that is what they do because we know that the government doesn't spend like spending money on anything other than themselves unless the public puts lots of pressure on it um, so I went through and I found the um, Project Cold Case, Cold Case Homicide Stats. And um, they break down the statistics for each state, being homicides, the clearance rate, and the number of unsolved cases. Um, so the case we're going to be talking about today is in Colorado, because it's more pertinent to today's case. So we're going to talk about it. But some of the other um, states that are up there, so we have Alabama, which has... The, the most out of the ones we're talking about today with over 11,000 but they have a 55% clearance rate but still have just under 5,000 unsolved cases, right? And then Alaska is like a tenth of that and they have a 74% clearance rate and only 327 unsolved. Um, Arizona gets up again and Arkansas is in the middle and then California had literally like 82,463 homicides with a 59% clearance rate, meaning that 33,458 cases are just unsolved and banked up. That's really sad. And then in Colorado, it's slightly more median at 5,198 with a clearance rate of 66, um, meaning that they have 1,765 unsolved cases. So, well, cases like happen everywhere and people just don't no. No, it's just... because that's the point. The case is so old, people stop talking about it. It's just things happen, and people like, oh, you know, not paying any attention to it, and just carry on. It's like, oh yeah, it wouldn't happen to us. Oh, I'm not going to care about exactly. it. Exactly. All right. So today we're talking about Janelle Matthews. Um, she was a 12 year old girl from Greeley, Colorado. She was born on the 9th of February, 1972. So she was in Aquarius. And she lived, uh, she was born in Santa Barbara, California. And she lived with her mum, her dad, um, their names were Gloria and Jim, and her older sister, Jennifer. And not that I think that it should matter, but she was adopted. So the press tried to say that there was a lot of sibling rivalry that we're going to get into later. Um, she went to Franklin Middle School, and she was a member of both the school choir and the Sunnyview Church of the Nazarene Choir. 
and her dad was the principal of the nearby um, Platte Valley Elementary School in Kersey, Colorado, which was about 17 minutes drive away, and uh, from their family house, um, which is public record, 320 uh, 43rd Avenue Court. So on the 20th of December 1984, Janelle was performing in the school's choir at Intrawest Bank of Denver in the holiday concert because Christmas was coming up right, we're only four or five days away. So her family went with her because, sorry, her family weren't with her because they were, um, her dad was going with her sister to her sister's basketball game and her mum had to travel up to be with her grandfather because he was ill at the time. And so her family had organised that at 8.15pm after her performance, she would get a ride home with her best friend Deanne um, and Deanne's dad. So uh, they were pretty much, got, like, they, both girls were there. They would both go to Deanne's dad's car. Deanne's dad was going to drop her off at her house and then they were going to go on their merry way home too. So she got dropped off at around 8.30pm. Uh, and then s shortly after that, the home phone rang. And it was someone from her for her dad, but obviously her dad was still out with her sister at her sister's basketball game. So she took a message down. And then at 9.30, so uh, nearly an hour later, her dad pulls into the driveway and he immediately notices that the garage door is open. When I listened to um, Nancy Grace's podcast, she also said that the front door was open. But I wasn't able to find that anywhere when I was looking, but... It, no, I don't know. Um, so he goes inside and he sees the TV and the lights are on, but his daughter is not home. Her shoes and her shawl were by the heater in the living room, which was her spot in the house. Like she would sit there like a cat. And I think all kids can relate to that because I used to do that at my grandmother's house too. And just lie on the floor. She's got one of those electric heater things. So her dad, Jim, immediately contacts the police. Oh, sorry, no, hold on. So, um, he thinks, oh, shit, maybe her sister. So, Jim comes home, but Jennifer's still out, right? So, Jim was like, oh, maybe she's caught up with Jennifer. And they went and they did something together. And then Jennifer gets home at 10pm. And he's like, okay, so where's your sister? And Jennifer goes, I haven't seen her. So, he immediately calls the police. Um, and they get to the house at 10pm and like shortly after 10pm, like 10.05 or something like that. And they start scaring the property and they found footprints in the snow that indicated someone had been like looking through, peeking through windows. Jeez. That's not a good thing. No, not at all. And so someone was obviously looking inside the house. But there were no signs of forced entry or a struggle. So we all know that that means that the person was known to the victim yeah so they've let them inside the house yeah. right or they've somehow been um conned their way in so her dad reasoned that with all the snow on the ground it would be unlikely that she would have gone too far without shoes because remember they're by the space heater um and in the following days multiple searches were made by air and hundreds of people volunteered to walk extensive sections of the county to help the national spotlight was definitely on Janelle's parents as they made appearances on national TV shows and national news outlets to have them report on the search. And the local um, Greeley Police Department and FBI agents immediately zeroed in on Jim as a primary suspect in his daughter's disappearance. Um, 
So much so that the following morning when it was time for Jennifer to go to school, police were the ones that dropped Jennifer off at school, not her dad. Like yeah. he, that, as was his routine. They were scared that he was going to do it to his second daughter. Um, Jim said that being a suspect early on, he knew what the police were doing and he respected it. And he said that a lot of the times it is apparent whether it's a custodial situation or worse. So for many months after it happened, I was number one, being the number one suspect. Um, Jim coped, coped with the pressure by uh, constantly, you know, was constantly scrutinised by the law and uh, enforcement operatives. And they were telling him that they were just doing their jobs. Um, and he says, look, maybe my coping skills were so good that I was probably too convincing. Yeah. Um, he said he was calm about the whole thing, which must have been a red flag. But the way he saw it, he was going to cover it because he want, just wanted his daughter back. Yeah. Um, and I guess he was in the frame of mind where he knew he hadn't done anything. So what's he... Just gonna, He's just going to let the police do what they've got to do. Exactly. Like, there's not anything wrong. Like... No. And... Like, it must suck thinking that because he was, like, the prime suspect for more than six months. Um, he took a polygraph test with FBI agents. And um, we all know that polygraph tests aren't necessarily the most solid of things. No, they're just a little bit dodgy. <laughs> just a tad. Um, but he passed. And um, a month after taking the test, his patience finally wore thin when the police asked him to take another detector test at the department. And he said, that's when I finally got mad. I raised my voice and said something like, don't you guys get it? And they were waiting for me to do that. And then they backed off. So they just kind of wanted to see what his snapping point was. So the disappearance attracted a lot of public interest, including the President of the United States and members of Congress. Um, President Ronald Reagan mentioned Janelle in a speech on March um, 7th in 1985 from room 450 of the old executive office building. She was also mentioned in the uh, congressional record for the United States House of Representatives on the 2nd of April 1985. Um, Her school planted a a choke cherry tree as well as a plaque in memory of her, but this has since been removed. Uh, for several weeks after her disappearance, police placed Janelle's birth mother, uh, Terry Vera Martinez, under surveillance, but they didn't tell her that her daughter had gone missing. Well, that's shit. Well, um, basically, she didn't know who Janelle was. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, ten years later, after Janelle was... so. Again, cold case time's going to go by. We're talking a decade later. Um, Janelle was declared legally dead. And um, Gloria received a letter from the birth mother requesting permission to visit the child she gave up for adoption, which was something that Janelle had told her parents she wanted to do. She wanted to meet her birth mother. Yeah. Um, And the birth mother had used a search consultant to help locate the child, as you do. And the adoptive parents notified the birth mother about what happened, and then um, her birth mother and her adoptive parents, or parents, became close friends. And then, again, more time passes, and Jim and Gloria retire. They move to Costa Rica. Janelle's sister um, married, and she moved out of the Colorado area. And for decades, they just went on living their lives, assuming that she was just kidnapped and taken. Um, Yeah. 
And then in 2010, the Greeley Tribune posted another summary of the missing child, stating that, you know, she hadn't been found, which kind of brought it back into the public eye. And then it took another eight years for the Greeley police to start recontacting witnesses and start applying latest forensic advances to learn what happened to Janelle. Um, and I think it's, like, even me just researching this case, it's really hard to envision a time when DNA evidence is around, when there isn't thousands upon thousands of security cameras capturing every angle, every, you know, moment of your life and digital traces of you everywhere. We're talking about a 12-year-old child, you know, from over 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, and then, like, it takes some time because you have to, again, it all comes down to money, not that I'm saying it should be that way, but not all police departments are as big as New York's finest, where True. they can spare every expense and just run whatever darn test they want to do, they have to budget it in these smaller towns. Yeah. Um, if you don't have money to do it, you can't just do it. run a DNA test. No. Um, and then she was also featured in the International Centre for Unidentified and Missing Persons database. And then two years ago, um, the Greeley Police Department released video footage of Janelle performing the, the night she went missing, hoping to jog people's memories on the anniversary of her disappearance. And they believed that the person might have been in the community or lived nearby at the time. So they, in their profile, the FBI profile, they believed that it was someone from the town or someone close to the family. Yeah. So they're a member of that community. How fucking scary would that be, very, though? Very scary. And imagine, like, you, you wouldn't know... Everyone would be a suspect, and you'd just be like, "We know it's not us. Who is it? Are our kids next? Yeah. Did this person move away?" And you just have a ton of unanswered questions. And then on the twenty third of July last year, a crew of construction workers were laying some pipeline at an oil and gas site, and they unearthed her remains That's twenty shit. miles from the family's home. That's fucked. That's and it always like. It makes me think, like, why is it always construction workers, the poor bastards? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, obviously, it makes logical sense because they're the ones doing the digging and shit. But it's always the poor bloody construction workers. Imagine that. You're just digging a little trench. Not, not that I'm saying a massive pipeline is a little trench. But you're digging a trench to... You're then... manning equipment to lay oil pipes down. And then All of a there's a child. Yeah. It's like the whole, you know, be like, shit, this is fucked, call the police. Like, it reminds me of the poor guys that found the girl from the uni. Yeah. Like, like last year. Yeah. And they were just having their breakfast in the morning smoker, and then they found her and called the police and, like, tried to provide whatever help they could, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. It just horrible. sucks. Not that it should happen at all, I'm just saying. So, um, the Weld County Coroner's Office was required to release a redacted version of Janelle's autopsy report because the Greeley tri uh, Tribune requested the autopsy report under the Colorado Open Records Act. So they, A, wanted yeah. the viewership, and B, wanted to inform the public. Yeah. Right? And so the report contained a few details, and I'll read out to you what the Greeley Tribune reported. Field workers were uh, excavating land to install oil and gas lines when they encountered what appeared to be human remains, redacted. 
A careful recovery of the bones, redacted, was performed and the remains were transported to McKee Medical Centre for examination. Matthews was pronounced dead at the scene at 6.48pm, July 23rd, 2019, according to the report. And Michael Burson, a forensic pathologist, and Catherine Jaswowski, uh, sorry, I can't talk today. Jaswowski. Um, who's the autopsy assistant, performed the post-mortem examination. And let's just also say, when we say post-mortem examination, there's no body left. No. There's the clothes and bones. That's it. And anything else the murderer may have planted in the yeah, grave. that's it. That, again, it's been disturbed, not that it's the fault of the construction workers, but her resting place was disturbed, so you don't know. Yeah. How do you rule out, like, if they were using equipment, yeah. what is what? Yeah. Right? So there's not much to go on. So on the 24th of July, the skull was delivered to the McKee um, Medical Centre for dental examination. And that's the thing that people don't realise is when there's no hardly any DNA left, it's your teeth. Yeah. So what... This is not me encouraging anyone. This is me making an informed statement that what a lot of serial killers and shit will do is that deliberately target your mouth. Yeah. They deliberately target your teeth. Because if they've cut and fucked up your hands, you don't have fingerprints. And in this day and age, what's left to identify you by your fingerprints? Your fucking iPhone? Yeah. Right? They fucked your face up. You're already Fingerprints bloated. are kind of old tech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What yeah. else, you know, some people still have the home buttons. Yeah. That they, if they don't have one of the newer iPhones. Yeah. Um, and so what's left is dental records. So a lot of people actually remove teeth or fuck up the teeth enough to do it. But her teeth um, were kind of still there. She still had her braces. Yeah. So they were able to um, really make informed notes about that. Yeah. And so the following day, the remaining skeletal remains were delivered to the McKee Medical Centre in a sealed body bag. They were wrapped in a white bed sheet inside the body bag. And upon opening the bed sheet, multiple loose skeletal remains are encountered, redacted, and skeletal remains redacted are admixed with abundant dirt and debris. So like I said, they just... Shoveled yeah. it in, right? Redacted. Oh, sorry. The The remains were separated into segments and x-rays were performed. Redacted, um, because they didn't say who of the two yeah. were doing it. Um, carefully separated and handed over to Greeley Police Department for evidence. The bones were examined for gross abnormalities and traumatic injuries before they were handed over to a forensic anthropologist. The rest of the report, the report was mostly redacted, including evidence of injury and specimens obtained. Yep. Um, so the Well District Attorney, Michael Rourke, argued that the autopsy report needed to be sealed because of all the unexpected snags in the investigation, including the inability to convene the grand jury because of COVID. So, on the 13th of December 2019, the Greeley uh, Police Department announced a person of interest in Janelle's abduction and death. His name was Stephen Pankey. And he was a former Greeley resident, and he ran for governor in Idaho in 2014 and 18, and for lieutenant governor in 2010. His home in Colorado was two miles from the Matthews family home. Shit. They searched his property under a warrant um, and investigators had 
stated that they had probable cause to believe that he abducted and murdered her that night. His former wife, who lived about two miles or 3.2 kilometres away from the family home, um, the Matthews family home, said that Stephen was a youth pastor at the church that the Matthews family had attended. So There we go. Right? And we know she's a choir girl. Yeah. Uh, Greeley Police Commander Roy Smith stated that Stephen had made repeated efforts to speak with detectives about the Matthews case. And then another statistic is that a lot of killers like to return to the scene. They like to be involved in the case. Yeah. Um, to find out what the police find out. And also it's a um, a kick for them. Yeah. Because they're like, that's how they get their high. Because they're like, fuck yeah, I'm right here. And you don't fucking know it's me, do you, bitch? Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of low-level scum we're talking about here. And so the two detectives, uh, two detectives, I should say, travelled to Twin Falls, Idaho on the 15th of August 2019 and he refused to answer questions. The commander stated that he had not been charged with Janelle's murder but he was being investigated in relation to Janelle's death. And then on the 13th of October this year authorities announced that Stephen had been indicted on charges of first degree murder and kidnapping in Janelle's death. He's currently held without bail at Ada County Jail in Idaho while awaiting extradition to Colorado. Um, he is currently 69 years old. Um, he already knew that he was a person of interest, obviously, when the police went to question him and whatnot. Um, the Idaho Statesman did a article on him in their local newspaper where he claimed that he did not know Janelle or the Matthews family and only heard about them following the disappearance. And this is where we restate that, uh, dude, you're a pastor at the local family church and they went to your church. And he lived two miles from their home. And she was very active in the local church. So the buck stops here. Yep. So, um, he also claimed that on the night of Janelle's disappearance, he and his wife were at home together. That they were planning to leave town the next day for a Christmas visit to their family in California. That their car was already loaded because they were headed to Big Bear Lake in Cali. Yeah. Bullshit. So, um, he allegedly provides documents concerning this trip to police. Um, and the police say these all contain, and this is a quote, false statements and superfluous details. And then Stephen's ex-wife, Angela Hicks, says this is all, like, she contradicted everything. Um, and she says, no, 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 we were going to start our trip on the 21st, not on the 21st of December, but on the 22nd. So two days after Janelle disappeared. And she said that this trip was unexpected and that when they returned to Greeley on the 26th of December, Stephen took an unusual interest in Janelle's disappearance. Um, that already on their return trip... He was uncharacteristically listening on the radio, searching for news of the girl's disappearance. Shit. Fucking disturbing. She also said that he forced her to read him the newspaper articles concerning the case while they drove. Yeah. According to the 2020 indictment statement, shortly following their return to Greeley, he started digging in their yard. About that time, a car stored on their property caught fire. And the burned car was disposed of at a salvage yard. 
So what was in the car? We're not going to know yet until... Uh, we're going to get to it later, yeah. but the co- the case with COVID hasn't been yeah. thing yet. So the theory is that he did whatever he did to her. He buried her in their backyard, right? Yeah. And then once he realized how clear the coast was, he put her in that car, transported her to the location where the construction workers found her, and disposed of that car. Added it burnt up. He burnt up the car and then disposed of it at the salvage yard. Oh, right. So she had been moved. Yeah. Which I guess maybe there would be a way to tell that based on the different dirt that's on her remains. Yeah. And, you know, because there'd have to be some traces of dirt that moved over. But I don't know. I guess we'll wait to hear about that. So alternatively, maybe he had his kill kit there and he wanted to get rid of his kill kit. Maybe. Possibly. Um, so maybe he had stored shit in their backyard that he was getting rid of. So a few months following her disappearance, he attended a church service and there the minister claimed that Janelle would be found safe. And Angela overheard him muttering to himself, accusing him of, the, him being the minister, of being a false prophet. Right. Crazy. And then, um, sadly, his own son was murdered in 2008. At his son's funeral, um, his wife heard him say, I hope God didn't allow this to happen because of Janelle Matthews. Fuck. Is that not alarm bells to you? That's major alarm bells. You go, well, fucking what? If someone's digging, if someone, like, I understand being concerned because you have your own kid that lives in that town. Yeah. Right? And you want to keep up with the news and you want to find out what's happening with the investigation. However, at the point, and I'm not saying it's Angela's fault at all, but maybe it's a lot of retrospective thinking and when you're in the moment, you're, you're scared yourself so you don't think that much of it. But the point at which your spouse is unaccounted for that night, is lying about being with you, is lying about a trip, is obsessive about finding out about new information about the case, yeah. inserts themselves into the investigation and repeatedly talk, you know, in communication with the police, then digs up your backyard... Then your car is suddenly on fire and gotten rid of. Everything is just like... And then years uh, later, at your son's funeral, he makes that statement. Don't you just... You go, that's it. It's time to fucking inform the police. Obviously, this, this poor woman must have her own grief that she's going through the loss of her son. Um, and um, so pretty much, uh, Jennifer... Janelle's older sister says that while the whole family experienced some closure when they learned that Janelle was murdered, she considers Stephen's arrest to be another gift to their family. Um, Jim was reportedly especially excited to see justice. Jennifer said that there was sibling rivalry between her and her sister in 1984 and that Janelle's killing eliminated the possibility for the two siblings to grow closer. Um... The police came out and said that he'd been a person of interest for a long time because he intentionally inserted himself into the investigation many times over the years. He repeatedly claimed to have information and knowledge about the crime and asked for immunity in exchange for information. The criminal indictment said that he intentionally inserted himself into the investigation um, many times over the years and his information... Uh, grew inconsistent and incriminating over time. So all his bullshit 
didn't add up anymore and made it worse and worse for him. Um, he claimed that at the evening of Janelle's abduction, a rake was used to cover up the tracks left in the snow, which, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, he also claimed to have watched middle school students walking home, returning from mid the middle school where Janelle attended. He gave an interview to... So he's watching other kids. Fucking hell. Um, he gave an interview to the newspaper... Uh, Times News where he said that he was being framed by the police that he was targeted for his sexuality identifying himself as a celibate homosexual um, which way to target a fucking already marginalised community I hate how people do that and they're like the police are doing this just because I'm a uh, I'm a home you know I, I'm homosexual and um, yeah I'm celibate dude no you fucking kidnapped a child this guy should fucking hang Fucking, just one asshole. And why? Why do they do that? Why are they like? Oh, actually, I'm the. I don't know, dude. Um. So he, in 2018, campaigned for the Idaho Republican Party's nomination for the position of governor of Idaho. His campaign website said that he studied for criminal justice. Um. On the 13th of October, so a month ago. The um, Greeley PD released on the website indictment of Stephen Pankey, Janelle Matthews' disappearance, and they stated that over three decades, the disappearance of Janelle Matthews has haunted our community. With the nation rallying behind us, citizens throughout Greeley offered assistance, large and small. Donations poured in for the Matthews family. Volunteers scoured the vast expanse of Weld County, searching for Janelle. Churches rallied their congregations with prayer vigils. The populace united around the Matthews family. Janelle became a daughter to us all. During those decades, generations of Greeley police officers have never forgotten Janelle, many living in torment over the possibilities of what may have occurred that grim evening in 1984 and what could be done to solve this mystery. In 2015, detectives began a renewed investigation into Janelle's disappearance. In the process, additional officers retired and newly minted offered vital assistance. On the 23rd of July 2019, the human remains of Janelle Matthews were uncovered in a desolate field southeast of Greeley. Forensic pathologists would determine that she was the victim of homicide. While in the investigation, Stephen Danapanke was identified as a person of interest. As the investigation progressed, evidence arose and Panky was identified as a suspect. Working closely with the Weld County District Attorney's Office, the decision was made to present this evidence to the 2020-2021 Weld County Grand Jury beginning September of 2020. On the 9th of October 2020, the Grand Jury issued their indictment of Stephen Pankey for the kidnapping and murder of Janelle Matthews. Subsequently, an ex extraditable warrant was issued by Weld County Chief Judge James Hartman commanding the arrest of Panky for the charges including murder in the first degree after deliberation, murder in the first degree, felony murder, second degree kidnapping. On the 12th of October 2020, Greeley detectives Michael Prill and Robert Cash coordinated and were present for the arrest of Stephen Panky in Meridian, Idaho. His extradition to Weld County is expected in the near future. Special gratitude is extended to the members of the Twin Falls County Sheriff's Office, the Twin Falls Police Department, and the Meridian Police Department as the Ada County Sheriff's Office. Their assistance, sorry, and, not as. Their assistance has been immeasurable 
Um, they thank the FBI's Behavioural Analysis Unit and the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children for the invaluable assistance. They offer their sincerest condolences to the Matthews family and hoped that this development helped them in some small measure um, and that they acknowledge that the family has struggled with this for too long. Uh, they released two photos of Stephen from December 1984 and his current booking photo. Um, and then on the 16th of October, after that, the Greeley Tribune published the unredacted autopsy report. And um, they said that this report offers an analysis for a single gunshot wound to the skull. Internal structures were not available for examination due to prolonged postmortem in interval and decomp decomposition. Why can I not read today? Um, the bullet entered the left frontal lobe of the skull about 1.3 inches below the top of the head and um, 1.4 inches left of the midline. The bullet exited out of the left occipital bone downward at the base of the head. So based on the trajectory of the round uh, wound, the bullet perforated and lacerated the, the entire left cerebral hemisphere from the frontal lobe to the occipital lobe. So it would have torn everything. In half of her brain. Literally gone. Um, so, uh, instant death. So, based on the history provided and the autopsy findings, the cause of death is a gunshot wound to the head. The manner of death is homicide. Um, so, apparently, um, according to a grand jury indictment, on the 20th of December 1984, he armed himself with a gun took Janelle from her family's home and killed her during the course of the kidnapping. The mayor said that this has touched the whole community. Um, it's a city of nearly 110,000 people, about 50 miles north of Denver, and he added that the police department deserved credit for pursuing the investigation over the years because they never put the case on the shelf. Um, the authorities went on to say that he obviously had knowledge of her neighbourhood um, and he knew that two officers lived on her street alone at the time that he took her uh, and killed her. So, um, and those officers also attended the same church as Janelle and her family. So again, it's a small town. Like, it's a decent amount of people, but it's still a small town. And then at the time, he was a youth minister for the Sunnyview Church of Nazarene in Greeley. Um... So he had previous reigns of the law, but, you know, he insisted he never harmed her. In 1977, he was accused of date rape by a 23-year-old woman. He was pro uh, persecuted, prosecuted, but the charges were later dropped. Um, he claimed that the sex was consensual. And he told media outlets that once you're accused of something like date, date rape, you're forever stigmatised. Um, he's being held. He was being held without bond at the Ada County Jail in Idaho, and he was awaiting extradition to Weld County to face charges for first-degree murder after liberation, first-degree felony murder, and second-degree kidnapping, as well as sentence enhancers for using a weapon in commission of a violent crime. He's, according to online Idaho court records, his deputy public defender is Erin Janelle uh, Huring, and she's going to represent him in his extradition hearing. The hearing was scheduled for 8.30am on the 23rd of December. And then according to Idaho Press, um, he went 
before a judge in Greeley for a brief hearing two days after being sent there to face persecution in the killing of his former neighbour, Janelle Matthews. In 1984, um, he appeared in prison. He wore an orange jail uniform and a mask, being like for COVID, like a mask for the pandemic. He stood next to his lawyer in the courtroom with limited capacity due to the coronavirus pandemic. Her, being Janelle's parents and sister, watched the proceedings remotely by video. Timothy, uh, sorry, the judge Timothy Kearns told Panky that he would be held without bond for now. His lawyer, um, Anthony Verst, claimed that he planned to ask Kearns to consider allowing him to be released on bond after a December 4th hearing scheduled to weigh the evidence against him. So that's pretty much the latest on this case right now. Um, so we shall have to follow it. Fuck. The bit that gets me, this is the bit. Panky's lawyer, Anthony Forst, planning to be released on bond. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, they've already extradited him. <laughs> he put a gun to a... Can I just say something? I don't want to claim anything. Yeah. I'm just going to say something. Um, read between the lines, if you will. I'm not one to talk shit. Yeah. And just to say shit, and I'm not trying to cause hurt to anyone. Yeah. But I think he did a lot more than kidnap and kill Absolutely. Her. Absolutely. Because that... if he has a date rape charge that he... I think he forced the victim to to retract. You know what? This guy is saying he wants him released on bond. You know why? Because if he goes to prison... They're going to fuck him up. So essentially what this lawyer is potentially thinking about, he's going to give him a chance to off himself. Also, how old did we say the guy was? 84? Yeah. Bitch doesn't have that much time yet left. He's got what? At most another 10 years in him? Yeah. 74, sorry. 74, 74. yeah. Fucking just... 10, 20 years tops? Bail. Are you fucking kidding me? Someone like that on Bond? Are you fucking kidding me? No. There are some sick fucking people. And you know what? In a lifetime... How do you take a fucking 12-year-old child, line them up... That's execution style, That's dude. execution. Like, she's shorter than him. But to fucking get that trajectory, for it to pop down, lower at there... That's point... That's... He probably held her and, then... and bang. Point blank. That's like hardcore fucking cold... And they never know what else he did to her. No. How he bound her, how he gagged her, because all of that shit he would have removed, yeah. and all that's left, unfortunately, is maybe some clothes, some fibres, and her bones. But the thing is, he would have been looking her in, in the, the face. In the fucking eye when he bang. did that. Unless she was unconscious at the time. You don't know what... You don't like, know. Because her bones don't show anything no. else, according to this report. And you know what? In a lifetime, they say that you'll pass five serial killers. Do you know that... A lot of people, the theory is that a lot of the serial killers that are operating, they do it on major roads that are quieter, like in quieter times, and they just get people off the side of the roads and then just... Yeah. And then they travel, you know, yeah. a few hours down the road, deposit them and So do rule number one, if you see someone standing on the side of the road... You just keep going. Keep going. It's not worth the hassle. If someone's like... What's that video that we see every few months of the guy who's driving down the freeway and some arsehole has parked on one, because it's a two-lane road, um, going the same direction, and the guy on the right-hand lane has parked his car, set up a cone in the left-hand lane, and then the guy goes up there and he sees the guy pulling something from his pocket and he just fucking 
goes yeah. and then calls the police. I remember we were watching a video um, on dash cams where there was a guy putting up barricades on the road and you see the guy approach the car. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, and he just weaves between the cone and the car and the guy and just gets out of there and then calls the police. Yeah. I don't know, dude. (sighs) Nothing's ever going to bring her back, but... No. But he needs to be punished with the full extent of the law. Sorry that this week's episode was um, really tough and really sad. We're going to obviously keep an eye out for updates and stuff. Um, yeah. Just some people. I, yeah. I don't. I don't even know where to to go with it. And so the thing is, on top of this episode, we've actually been watching The Alienist. Um, that we have. Yeah. So. If nobody has seen it... If you're um, into, like, criminal investigation yeah. stuff, this is more 1800s, 1900s. It's like Sherlock Holmes, but a little more medical. More neuroscience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Valky's really enjoying that cuddle. You got anything else you want to add today, Valkis? Yeah, Valkis. No? You just want a floof and sniff? She just wants kibbles Oh, she's, like, half the... asleep there. Oh, how adorable. She's still shitty with me because I had to yell at her yesterday for not fucking taking a white tail spider down. But I'd rather her be shitty at me than be at an IV. Yeah, true. Kids, mate. Kids. Kids. Alright, everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, please let us know your thoughts on the case and write us in. Um, uh, if you have a specific topic you want us to cover, please be sure to fill out our topic request form. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Show, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Luminary, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser, Radio Public. You can subscribe via email and we're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Swoot, TuneIn, Overcast. Um, we re-upload on a, in a video format onto YouTube and I caught us up yesterday. I spent like an hour and a half yesterday doing Sweet. it. But we're back um, up to date there. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He is Full Metal Chicken. Yes, I am. I am Steph Afar. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. We really appreciate it. Our numbers have been going up crazy, um, yeah. and we're really grateful. Have a great safe day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, wear your masks. Wash your hands. And if you happen to find fluff in your um, podcast download, you can Just the note was Valkus. Yep. Um, thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you and also with you. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosperous. And you shall hear our voices yes. in the next episode. Bye, thank guys. You. Adios. Signing off. Bye-bye.